which I think most people kind of miss is that we're, we're feelings engines that think, not thinking engines that feel. And there is, there is generally, there is no real way of communicating odorlessly and colorlessly. Every time you communicate, there is some form of influence in that. You may call it heuristic biases and those kinds of things. And we can talk about that. So what we do is we look at communication and we make sure that it does what it's intended to do. That voice you just heard is Oliver from the hunting dynasty. Or dynasty. Is that where <laughs> clients call it? The hunting dynasty. I think I called it that for a while as well. I, I learned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A behavioral science agency. And it's not just me on the mic and today, we're joined by the amazing Ed Cox from right here at the Growth Foundation. Right now, many of the brands that are listening to this are primed for Black Friday, as are all your customers. And we explore some tactics so you can zig while others are zagging to make the most out of your Black Friday. But a lot of what we cover today apply to much more than this sales season. We go into ambiguous situations and how people look to other people for safe passage. The importance of making things more proximal. There's a framework that Oliver unpacks, which is here, me, now, and clear. And Oliver really drives home how the listener, and I mean everyone, including you, are a feeling engine that thinks, not a thinking engine that feels. There's a lot we crammed into this 35-minute conversation. And one of my big takeaways outside of the content is it's really fun doing podcasts in person. So we're definitely going to be doing more of this. A quick thank you to our amazing partners, Bloomreach and Verse. You'll learn more about how they can help you grow the right way later in this episode. But right now, let's get into this conversation with Oliver on all things behavioral science. Enjoy. Growing a business can be an absolute nightmare. One minute you're flying high, next feels like the wheels are coming off. It's thrilling, scary, it's unpredictable. And whether you're a startup or you're turning over 100 million plus, growth is really, really easy to get wrong. So we've made The Right Way to Grow podcast. It's a podcast with hosts and guests who've seen growth firsthand. They can spot the pitfalls and the opportunities, and they're going to share their ideas and their experiences with you. If you're a growing business, want to grow a business, or are having trouble growing your business, The Right Way to Grow is the one place to come to find out how to get growing by getting all your foundations working perfectly together. So if you're currently listening to hundreds of different podcasts, to try and find the nuggets and hidden gems, we're about to save you a ton of time. Every month, we'll do deep dives into big questions around growth with some very special guests. And every week, we'll fill you in on the latest hot developments in the world of e-commerce and growth. Because obviously, all that stuff changes every single week. So if you want to grow the right way, all you've got to do now is hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, some of them are. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that as a coder to see if we do actually hit. Yeah, let's do that. Do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? If I feel like this is what this conversation is going to be about. What does a coder mean? Mm. Oh, well, a conclusion to the. You know what a coder. Means. I've never heard the word it's coder. It's a musical music. face. So when you do, you got a piece that, that goes like that. Sorry. Um, it's like a concluding piece mm. that wraps up everything. Mm-hmm. Didn't so know that. A, music, a musical signature would, would have elements of all of the phrases that were introduced before mm. and then do a roundup. But if you did an essay, you would. A conclusion. A conclusion. A posh word for a conclusion. You know what I might do? Well, mm. 
might just have this as like a cold open to the pod. We haven't done a cold <laughs> open to the pod before, but this is like the first time we've been around a table doing this in person. So people are thinking audio sounds a bit different, might sound a bit better, hopefully. Are we recording now? We are recording now. Oh, by the way. Hell, that's such a trick. <laughs> it's brilliant, wasn't it? I was like, let's just see what happens if I just hit the oh, recording button. There's nothing different with the audio. There's mm. a couple of voices. Did you do room. something to my voice? I'm already enjoying the in-person element of this. This is probably going to be the desire for podcasts moving forward. For those of you that are listening, you've heard a couple of voices in the room right now. Um, you've heard one of them before. Ed, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. Good. Good to see you, mate. Uh, and a voice you haven't heard on the pod yet is Oliver. Hi. Do you want to give us two minutes on who you are, what you're about? Because there's a whole heap of topics we'd love to unpack with you. Some are relevant to Black Friday yeah. because it's probably three, three and a half weeks away from arguably the biggest sales season for the majority of our customers, but we'll probably meander into different things. Yeah. Who are you? What do you do? I'm timing you, by the way, as well. And if you, yeah. I, I don't think you'll keep this under two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Oliver Payne. Full stop. There we go. Done. <laughs> um, so I'm Oliver Payne and I run the Hunter Dynasty, which is a behavioral insights agency. Um, and we work in a lot of different sectors, actually, uh, marketing, business to business, HR, also, uh, social improvements and charities as well. But we only work with one thing really, which is the human brain. The reason we do that is essentially, which I think most people kind of miss is that we're, we're feelings engines that think not thinking engines that feel, and there is, there is. <laughs> Generally, there is no real way of communicating odorlessly and colorlessly. Every time you communicate, there is some form of influence in that. You may call it heuristic biases and those kinds of things. And we can talk about that a little bit. So what we do is we look at communication and we make sure that it does what it's intended to do. A lot of people no. make mistakes with those things. In terms of Black Friday, I guess, what, what kind of um, things are people doing that, are maybe more full of colour and full of odour <laughs> that, that you're going to be able to kind of make sure that they they work correctly because I guess I guess like it's a it's a really important time to be effective and a really important yeah. time to be clear because it's such a big deal for for so many businesses yeah. so um I guess what would be some of the pointers that you would give uh growing D2C businesses at this time of year yeah yeah that's a good question so I mean we'll have a look at sort of ahead of time have a look at a bit of a noise when they're making the decision and some of those sort of pricing issues as well mm. but there's there is something quite interesting about uh black friday so monday because it's it's actually a big it's actually a big kind of behavioral experiment already that everybody <laughs> doesn't quite realize yeah. right i mean there's already a lot done for us it's time limited mm. so there's an element of loss there as well and scarcity which mm. you know airplanes do quite a lot um there's a there's a financial discount which is good yeah. um and it's already established you can do some planning ahead of time so there's actually a moment in which you can you can enjoy the moment up to you may feel mm. some frustration leading up to it but actually there's some moments when you can enjoy that so actually in a way uh there, there's there's a lot of benefit so if, mm. if most people just stick to the stick to the routine yeah uh, offer some discounts on black friday Cyber monday you are already doing uh, or putting yourself, tilting yourself in favour of some behavioural influences. It seems to be working quite well. But in terms of, we're kind of already primed at the moment, like you said, for like what Black Friday is in that period. Yeah. For me, what I'm observing, just as like a consumer, that period just seems to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger because people are like trying to get ahead of Black Friday because people are yeah. 
are primed and they're trying to get ahead of it to get that wallet share. I just got my first emails this morning. Was that today? Wow. Yeah, okay. I've had my so first. I've had my first. I've had my first one. First one was yesterday. Yeah. I've got. I've had another one today. So it's begun. It's begun. So yeah. it's really. I guess the point I'm trying to make there is it's really noisy. We're primed, but it also adds more competition. Yeah. What's the stuff that you've seen or potentially ideas of how you can try and cut through the noise? Yeah. This we've got. for for established customers or returning customers. It's relatively easy, right? They know who you are, they know what they want, and they can sort of pre-plan. But for those who aren't, or maybe on the cusp of, or looking for bargains rather than looking for a bargain from you, turn around that way, right? Waiting for, waiting for your product on uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, versus looking for a bargain mm. on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the variable is the product that they'll get. For those people, there's a, there's, there's a little bit of an amb- ambiguity there what they're going to look for what they're going to buy how they're going to what what, what products are they going to are they are they going to are they going to look at and in in situations that look a bit ambiguous we tend to use our mental models and we lean on you know antecedents and consequences and previous experiences and try to extrapolate because actually most of our life is like that and we're quite good here otherwise we wouldn't have been alive for the last you know millions of years um in those situations, we do want to resolve ambiguity into something a little bit more clear. And we tend to borrow decisions from other people. Okay, That's one thing we can do. We also, um, uh, we also respond much better when the situations are much more proximal, much more clear, much more hear me now and clear. So let's just unwrap both of those things. Right? Can I pick up on the first one just to yeah, make sure so my understanding is clear, which yeah, is like people yeah, borrow yeah, decisions off other people. Yeah. When you said that, I thought, oh, this is yeah. where like yeah. influencers come into play from yeah. like a, a DT model. Is, yeah. Are you talking like that or is it more yeah. proximity in terms of friends, family, yeah. other decision makings? How does that come to life for someone listening in terms of how to yeah. help? Um, if I want to try and influence someone to buy something, how can I use the decisions of other people to get that done? Yes. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's true. We talk about influencers and things. They, 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 they do help a lot. Um, it there's there's a couple of different ways there's a couple of different ways of doing it actually. Um, descriptive, adjunctive, provincial. We'll talk about those. Right? Please do and unpack them for me. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so 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 here so here's here's the thing. What why why does that work in the first place anyway? Um, if you let's go back forty thousand years wandering around in your tribe of one hundred and forty people. Uh, if you stick with everyone else, even if as a group you're making the wrong decision, you've made a wrong decision, but you're all there together. <laughs> if you go out alone and you make a wrong decision, you're in trouble. So generally speaking, sticking with others makes sense. But also things like they ate the red berry four times, they seem to be okay, I'll probably do that as well. That mm. seems to be kind of safe, right? That person went down to the river, that in the shortcut and they didn't come back. The other person went the long way, they kind of did. So we're generally in periods of ambiguity can, but well, that's, that's what I mean about boring decisions mm. for other mm. people. It's not about the fact that we don't have agency. It's about the fact that we're actually trying to make sense of a world in which we can't predict the future. And the future is a is a is an unknown force. You know, you sort of base it on, on, on the past, right? So, descriptive norm would generally be that uh, 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 evidence of the prevalence of other people's behaviour. So, descriptive norm, evidence of prevalence of other people's behaviour. Contrast with injunctive, which is <clears throat> which is uh, evidence of other people's um, um, decisions and opinions. 
Okay, the two things can be quite different. So evidence of other people's behaviour would be 50% of people who visited here all this, or most people who look at these options also buy this. Mm -hmm. Amazon does it quite well, really, yeah. to be honest with you. Uh, people who bought this also bought this. Mm. As you side that, I quite like on Amazon, yeah. kind of uh, uh, an alternative generator, which is people who bought this didn't buy this, just to sort of mix it up a little bit. But <laughs> that'd be quite that's, funny. That's a kind of what? different thing. So, you don't end up, so, so, so other people doing something it provides a level of comfort in an ambiguous situation. Okay, it's okay to do it. Right, I'm not going to walk down a pub and go, I've done this, and everyone will think, why have you done that? That's ridiculous. You're, you're on your own. You don't want to be on your own. No one wants to be the weirdo in the group. Right? So there's a, there's that descriptive norm, which is quite interesting. You could evidence that effectively if you do have a lot of people doing something. Right, it only really works if most people are doing something and a few people aren't. Mm -hmm. So uh, Vessel's work in Australia uh, uh, decades ago with tax was, the, it was a simple line of the tax form that said most people who, who submit their taxes... Um, uh, don't cheat on their on their expenses. Effectively, <laughs> they said most people are the other way around. Most people are honest with their expenses. That's it. That line, and it reduced the amount of expenses that people were putting through massively. Mm -hmm. right? So you don't want to be the one. So if 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 there's a small number of people that aren't doing the thing that a large number of people are doing, you can evidence the you can evidence the the, the prevalence of that behaviour. What if you have it? Sometimes you don't. Mm -hmm. Sometimes actually you have that a lot of people think something is a good idea, but don't actually do it very often. Well, okay, so you can evidence that too. Like speeding. Bad idea, but I always do it. Yes, yeah, speeding is a really good one. I shouldn't put that on the mics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, speeding is a really, really good one because most people do speed at some point. So that's a really good evidence of the prevalence of that behavior. But most people think that, that speeding isn't really a good idea. Well, other people certainly shouldn't do it. So you end up with that sort of conflict, right? So you can have the you you could you can say to people, most people speed. Why don't you carry on? I'd be fine. But you could say most people think that speeding is a really bad idea and you shouldn't do it. Both those statements are true. Yeah. Both of them rely on the normative consideration. One is descriptive, the other is injunctive. Both of them are likely to affect behaviour in one way or the other, which is quite interesting. There's actually a provincial norm, which is which is which is really fabulous, but it's more it's more. It's more geographical. It's not actually necessarily a sort of virtual purchase, but it's most people in this room or in this space did a thing, mm -hmm. which runs counter to sort of in group out group stuff. So the people that I associate with doesn't really matter, but everyone who was in this room did this thing. Right? So yeah, it's a little bit difficult to do if you're doing if you're doing um, virtual sales, you know. By now, we've all heard about headless architecture. But here's a quick stat for you. According to the Salesforce State of Commerce report, 80% of businesses that don't have headless architecture today are planning to implement it in the next two years. Now that's a huge shift in the e-commerce landscape. So my question for you is, are you ready to start thinking about headless? Well, if you are, we have a partnership with our friends over at First. And just so you know, we had that partnership long before this pod. And they're offering listeners of this very podcast a free mini composable audit to help you navigate the world of composable commerce. Now I can hear you thinking, what does a mini audit actually offer? Well, here's the bullets. Versus experts will assess what your brand needs to migrate to a composable architecture. They'll evaluate how achievable your growth and expansion plans are on your current tech stack. They'll identify exactly what's required to scale your brand effectively 
And most importantly, they'll highlight where you can start saving right now. Optimizing your resources for maximum efficiency. If that sounds like something you want to grab, simply click the link in the show notes or head over to verse.co.uk forward slash TGF. That's verse, V-E-R-S-E dot co.uk forward slash TGF. Uh, I'm going to try and like build a little bit of a narrative as to f- for the audience as they come along this journey with us. So people are primed right now mm-hmm. uh, for Black Friday. Yeah. Um, there's this showing, I'm just going to um, reduce it down to showing social norms, which is yeah. demonstrating to people that other people are doing this too. That might help conversion rate as an example. Or other people think this is a good idea. Or other people think this is a good not- idea, mm-hmm. which is probably very helpful, especially if you're a new business and exactly. don't have that track record. Yeah. Exactly. You mentioned this thing of like um, bringing proximity of a decision closer. Mm-hmm. For me, as you said that, I was trying to work out, is there something in there now? Because this is probably going to drop three, three and a half weeks before Black Friday. Yeah. Black Friday for us is this, well, the contract of it is this yeah. moment in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think could be done to start to bring that yeah. closer to allow brands to become more effective during, <clears throat> we'll just call it Black Friday sales period, which seems to be all of November? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a bit like Christmas is all of Q4, isn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, so... Uh, so basic challenge here is that we, we tend to discount the future quite a lot. Actually, we tend to discount things that are that are distal quite a lot. And we overvalue things that are proximal, relatively anyway. Okay, yeah. right, let's make sense of that and let's work out why that's a challenge, okay? So that's a challenge because Black Friday hasn't happened yet and it's a very particular time uh, in the future at the moment, okay? So one has to do some effort to think of oneself at that moment buying mm. that thing or even enjoying that thing after you've got it. We now have interesting a, yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. we now have a we now have a wonderful delivery system. So I mean you go back to the you know nineteen sixties or the eighteen fifties or whatever you want to do. Now we can get everything, one click, it's done, a couple of days, it's kind of there, right? So there's there's not much of a gap between between the um, the the uh, the the button push to get the to get the reward and the reward being delivered. Right? Yeah. So let's just let's just forget that. That could be a whole other series. Right? Let's, yep. just, let's just say it's all the same. You press a button, you get the reward pretty much. Mm-hmm. Right? But that is in the future at some point. Right? And we know we do tend to discount the future a little bit. So how does that happen and why is that important? Well, let me give you a bit of an example just around money and then we'll wrap it into our dimension so look if i a lovely experiment from lowest thing many, many years ago if i if you say to someone do you want uh ten dollars now or eleven dollars next week you tend to get the favor of like i'll take the ten dollars now i'm not waiting a week for another <clears throat> dollar what are you talking about mm-hmm. we said to people do you want to do you want ten dollars in a year or do you want eleven dollars in a year in one week you tend to tip the balance to Oh, I'll have to eleven dollars in a year. Mm. Where was, I mean, what's the point? Yeah. What's so the point, right? yeah. So there's no difference. Only our relationship with the time stated period in that question, mm. right? So if we were if we were a computer, if we were an Excel sheet, we would take eleven dollars a week later because there's ten percent increase over a week APR. Blah 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 blah. Of course, it <laughs> makes more sense to do that, right? But anything in the future will do that when you when you move one of those conditions into the present. We tend to 
and that's fine that makes sense that's kind of why we're here you know eat drink and be merry for tomorrow we die but now it's worth telling them which is part of the weft and the warp of our language so are you you know we all kind of we're all behavioral scientists anyway really we kind of understand that right so the, but the challenge is we're now here today and today's not Black Friday Black Friday's in the future right <laughs> so how do we how do we bring that button button push uh Deliver the deliver the reward and the reward is really close. How do we bring that a little bit more into the present so that I can overvalue a little bit more and uh, 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 give me that push to 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 want to purchase and to even plan to purchase and start to do some of the theory plan behavior and plan to to do those kind of things, right? Well, there's sort of I I, I did a monetary dimension there, but there are four dimensions if you look at construal level theory, which is great. I suggest that you do, which is around uh, hear me now and clear. So there's geography, temporal, personal, and issues of clarity, right? So things that are here, me, now, and clear are much more proximal, much more concrete, much more real, much more likely to be acted on. And the same thing described in not here, not now, not me, and not clear terms, right? Which is basically an extension of the £10 this week, eleven uh, $10 this week, $11 a week later, and moving that forward, right? So it started there because it's quite simple to mm -hmm. understand, and then you wrap all these different dimensions. So now what we're talking about is we go back to Black Friday, Seven Monday, so we're trying to what we're going to do with our offer, present it in a way that is much more proximal than distal, and just check, do a little check. Are we making sure that everything is as proximal as possible, right? So... Uh, uh, me rather than not me, uh, uh, not here, not now, not here, not clear. So we'll make it like you know, you start to think about how you would be enjoying it, what you would be doing with that, how you would look when you were doing it. Make it proximal, clear, and concrete, and real, and sort of almost mm -hmm. over over describe that, right? Because we are thinking engines that feel not. We're feeling engines that think. Sorry, not thinking mm -hmm. engines that feel. Right? We lead with our feelings mostly. Mm -hmm. Right? So, so. All of the offers make them seem uh, uh, and, and present them in action, in use, uh, give people visualizations either linguistically or, or visually about how it might be used, how it might be enjoyed, how it might be consumed, what it is, back that up a little bit with other people doing it or other people thinking this is a good idea. All of a sudden you started to make something which is the future and maybe a bit ambiguous, safe because other people are doing it and much more proximal mm -hmm. than here and now and concrete and that will just simply that perception shift will make that more of an attractive proposition. What I like about this as well is this is slowly building into a combination of methods mm. rather than yeah. you could do this or you could do this or yeah. you could do this. It's more like by using a combination of this, 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 and this, yeah. Yeah. you can start to build your effectiveness. And I guess if you're a, or a business listener, you, there'll be some that you think we should totally do that because mm. ours is really visual and in the moment and now. And others, you might be actually, you know what, we've got tons of social proof and tons of reviews. Let's get those up. Let's do that. We've got loads of people on the site. Let's let's make that visual. So you, yeah. you can adapt these yeah. kind of standard human behaviours for whatever's right for your yeah. firm. This episode of the podcast was brought to you in partnership with our friends over at Bloomreach. Bloomreach empowers businesses to deliver personalized experiences across their digital channels by combining the power of unified customer and product data with the speed and scale of AI optimization. Bloomreach ensures the right product is put in front of the right customer at the right time. When I learned about this, I said, hey, have you got some examples so I can bring it to life on the podcast? And they said, we can do one better. 
There's a whole use case library with everything from how to retain customers time on site with similar and co-viewed products, increasing AOV by showing customers their last viewed items at checkout, through to how to personalize offers based on customer preferences and contextual personalization. To see how Bloomreach can support your e-commerce strategy, from SMS reminders to personalized product recommendations, simply press the link in the show notes and you'll be taken over to the Bloomreach use case library, where there's 77 use cases that will show you how to use Bloomreach to grow the right way. Right. Do, you know, do you know one thing that is bouncing around at the moment is Black Friday's a fixed time in the future mm. and there's lots of like tactics at the moment. So that's kind of one thing that feels uh, immovable, but we can debate that. Um, but there's this, imagine yourself doing this thing. Does that mm. become eroded when you also play the scarcity play on top, mm. which is you actually don't know if you're going to be able to participate in this thing. If I'm, if I'm trying to explain to someone as to, this is what it's going to feel like when you buy this thing. Here's the here's the benefits, uh -huh. Uh -huh. and painting that picture to, as to you said, bring it more proximal. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. But if I'm as part of my messaging and campaigning is uh -huh. limited availability, only 100 available. Make sure you're available at 12 o'clock because that's when the sale goes live. Uh -huh. Does that erode all of the <clears throat> hear me now work that you might be doing if then if they don't even know they'll be able to access the offer? And I guess that's the question I'm trying to ask. If they don't if they don't know they can grab the offer, does it erode that work? Yeah, so you mean because you can you, you just start to add lots of different colors into the palette and yeah. sort of fight with each other. Work out if they conflict a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, just from a personal point of view, I had a a moment where I was totally got with that. So it was maximum scarcity. I tried to get one of the Palace Barber jackets that came out about a week ago, mm -hmm. and they spent about a week or so before that, or two weeks before mm -hmm. the drop of that. Mm -hmm putting me in the moment where I'd be the really? person wearing it. Absolutely yeah. did that. Yeah. And I knew it was scarce yeah. and I knew it'd be difficult. And I knew there was very little chance of getting one. Yeah. And I still went for it anyway. And I did it and I got it in my basket and I went to check out. And by the time I checked out, it's by the time I was the checkout, it's sold out. But by the way, I think but it was, it was bang on. Uh -huh. So it, because it wasn't faked as well, which I find no, interesting, which is like, yeah. it's not fake scarcity yeah. where everyone actually got it. Mm. Cause you're now going to be even more primed the next time. It's like, this is real. Yeah, this is really there, is nice. a, there is a real yeah. scarcity here. Yeah, yeah. So because you you were endowed with it, right? Mm. You were you, you were you were given it. Practically had it on my back. <laughs> uh -huh. I mean, so, so, chances are I would have had to return it because it was too big. But you know, yeah. irrespective of that, yeah. I practically had that jacket yeah. on my shoulders. But I've seen a, all the pictures, watched all yeah. the films. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice example because what you felt was the pain of loss of a thing that you didn't actually own, but, I know. You, but you perceived. That <laughs> Thanks the for reminding me of that. Yeah, but that's that's very interesting because that's really what you're talking about. Is like yeah, the perception itself and proof that that perception was powerful. Is that you felt the pain of loss? Yeah, what's the Even impact didn't of really that? Have it, but I also just so, we did just just clarify. We did talk about proximal construction mm. and, and normative considerations for ambiguous situations. Mm. Fine. Then and you asked a. Uh, uh, an upside question, interesting question about scarcity. Uh, it's a slightly different measurement, right? Because uh, scarcity, mm. really, there's a bunch of things that need to exist for that to work. A bit like your example, Ed, right? There's a whole bunch of things you need to know. So if, you, if you're leaning on scarcity, everything else needs to be sorted. I know what it is, I know mm. I want it, I can, right? Yeah. I mean, okay, you dialed it up a little bit, what mm. you were talking about, but doing scarcity of something you don't know is not really going to work. Yeah, not effective, yeah. But what if I tell you that, you know, the 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 Frogger watch, um, there's only four of them left, you want one. Now, what's, mm. the, what's the Frogger watch? Mm. You know, I don't know, I made it up. I mean, it doesn't really make any sense, does it? Mm. 
I would have been good though. Though. I, I would have bought but, uh, as in the the yeah. the old school video yeah. game Frogger on a watch. Yeah, that was well. where I went. Yeah, <laughs> it's for, yeah, it's available. It's fifty percent off. It was a thousand. It's now five hundred. Mm. Do you want it? <laughs> what about a Brightling that was a thousand? It's five hundred. Okay, yeah, I get it. Right. So okay, so do you see what I mean? Yeah, got There's, it. So and, and and I think that's I think what's quite interesting. I think. I think what's quite interesting is a lot of people do a lot of tactics over Black Friday, and it's good, and they work, and they are, they are, um, they're a bit like <laughs> they're a bit like journalism. It's vocational over the profession. They're vocationally robust. People are using them, and they're working. They're AB doesn't really need to know why. It's good. Mm-hmm. There's lots of those things that exist in the world, right? So everything, all the tactics that everyone is doing that seem to work fine. Okay. We're talking a little bit more about some about ambiguous situations with things that might not work so well, and how you might sort of add a layer mm. onto that a little yep. bit with these things, right? Okay, so it's not like it's not like do this, don't do what you're doing, but actually, maybe it is in some cases. But yeah, it, it, it's slightly difficult. But there was a good question because because we did we sort of veered into a little bit of the which is two approaches that we take mm. with the business actually, which is the everything but the kitchen sink versus slicing everything up and mm. and doing a b's. Because I talked about some principles, right? mm-hmm. we've done that quite a lot. Sometimes we'll throw everything in because the, the 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 situation in which you work can't you can't do lots of you can't do lots of uh, properly randomised trials or even just some sort of pseudo randomised trial. So, for instance, we're trying to get everyone to increase their food waste in in Bristol. We put loads of we put loads of effects into the package, you know, proximity people, proximal construction, put loads of things that we did in. Um, whereas with the Financial Times looking at to get people to subscribe, uh, we split that out and put a million people through uh, four different versions, mm. you know, like a, a reputation effect text version, a, a more proximal kind of description, and various other versions like that. So you, so you can either slice it up and try one effect and see what's happening and then yeah. build them up over time mm. or throw everything in and accept maybe some of them are fighting against each other. Yeah. But if yeah. you just – a black box, if you're seeing some improvements, fine, that's okay. We'll fix it another time. It's interesting it's when you talk about that. I was like, right? it's actually it's like a moment in time where you can you can throw everything into it. Yeah. There's kind of like no ability for a brand to use Q1, Q2, Q3 on testing what works during yeah. this period. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Because I guess the thing I was trying to work out is how does a brand test this yeah. without eroding – the brand equity that they're building. Okay, well, what, and what's okay, the impact of no, that? So you mean, I think one. I think one of the really interesting things that brands should think that that is worth thinking about because we know that this is a massive discount, right? So it's financial discount, and that's the terms. That's the terms of of, of debate. We give you a discount, you buy it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Now that may well work, and you've got a lot of sales, but but that discount can be eroding a lot of things. Can 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 avoid a lot of problems that you have. On every other day of the year, yeah, right. Because free money, free money is an antibiotic for for behaviour, really. <laughs> and money, there's a very strange. We have very strange behaviours of money. We can we can do it. We can do a whole session on that. It's, it's quite challenging. But the difference in zero and one pence is a lot more than any of the other. <laughs> yeah, it's a really it's a really interesting kind of boundaries and, and uh, um, uh, that that we could talk about. But but but. You know, if you if you look, if you look at something like look at something like one eight hundred mattress, for instance, in in, in America, it's a really interesting uh, uh, business challenge they had where they was. I know this sounds a bit weird, but they were selling mattresses. Right? Everybody was selling mattresses, mattresses, 
discount. Everything was discounted all the time. Six percent mm. discount. 40%. We can all think of a few brands that fit into that world. Yeah. So there's something going wrong there, right? Because if you permanently have to discount, what are you doing? It's just not the right price, is it? And so you're basically giving everybody a discount. In the That's because the customer, what, the the user, has been conditioned at that point right, right. to expect it. Okay. So they tried it and they thought, well, what is the problem? And actually, what they offered was, uh, if you buy a mattress, they'll send a van round to deliver the mattress. Uh, they will take away your old one. Now, all of a sudden, they could put the prices back up again. The problem wasn't the price of the mattress. The problem was the pain of getting rid of the old one. The discount made it worth the pain, but that the, wasn't the real pain. Exactly. So the discount tells you how much from gives you a monetary value of how – well, perceived monetary value yeah. because it's not money you have anyway, but gives you a perceived monetary value of the pain of getting rid of the old mattress with 60% of $1,000 or whatever. Really interesting. Okay, so bring so, that back to how it implies to brands today, when because that actually is less about right. discount, more about value and pain points. Yes. How do you bring that into the listeners here today to go actually yes. here's something to think about? Yes. Well, actually, this, so after the rubble of, uh, <laughs> of, the, of the the Black Friday moment, uh, whatever whatever that success is, there is there is work to be done for the rest of the year up until next. To remove any of those barriers and boundaries that might be there that have been eroded by giving a discount at Black Friday, that might be suppressing your sales for the rest of the year. Do you see what I mean? Mm, and then you yeah. get into next year, and you end up with, with quite interesting space. You could start to do some pre-planning. You could start because we know we know that we know that um, we know that the the feeling of doing so. so if I said to you, let's go to the Bahamas tomorrow, that's much less enjoyable than if I said we're going to go to Bahamas in six months because you've got six months to enjoy the moment that you're going to be going to the Bahamas. Sound like my wife. Okay. She's the person she who has to a, have something in the future. She, she enjoys. She has a big voice. <laughs> <laughs> she's the person that loves having that thing in her future because she's getting daily enjoyment out of the things she knows. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely right. No, so if I could participate absolutely. in a Black Friday sale, but I knew I was getting it today, absolutely. right? But it was taking place in three weeks. Right. There's some value that I could be potentially getting as a customer. Maybe you can lock it in. You can start to talk about, you know, mm. some you secured this deal. VIP yeah. customers yeah. lock in your thing. Lock mm. in a, a lock in at least a ten percent discount so you can get some more, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That yeah. could be quite interesting. And also, you know, start to think about. Uh, 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 it's always worth starting to think about the one eight hundred mattress idea. I mean that that's that that identifies the problem. It doesn't identify the solution for people because they are many and varied depending on what they're selling and what they're doing. From a, I'm just going to shift gears slightly because Ed, from your world mm. around, I guess copy and comms. What's the stuff that you want the listeners to hear that they should be considering when they're talking about Black Friday? Well, for for me, the big the biggest challenge is noise which is every single brand is talking about Black Friday, every single headline's about Black Friday. Mm -hmm. You end up seeing Black Friday, but you end up not seeing the brand. So in a yeah. kind of noisy comms environment, mm -hmm. how do you zig when everyone else is zagging in a Black Friday way, in dialing, dialing into some of the kind of skills in your particular area? Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, on top of the proximal constructions and maybe some some... Mm. Some 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 of those uh, uh, proof elements there. I mean, actually, the prevention and promotion focus is quite an interesting angle. It's not always it's not always, but it's quite an interesting angle to approach mm. things, right? So Sorry, prevention, prevention, promotion, or promotion focus. Unpack right? that. Okay, so sun cream, I buy it. 
so that I don't get burnt sun cream apply it so that I get a lovely tan mm. prevention of promotion Fantastic. two different focuses on these things they're quite fun to play with does actually. it depend on the product mm. which one's more effective which way to go so I guess it's paracetamol and ice cream is what I heard then. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Did I was you? like, actually, it's oh, nice to have and I need to have. I don't okay. need a suntan. I need to avoid getting burned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does one of those have a higher impact? Um, you know, it's interesting you said, thank you. Because so, so, so that's, that's, two, that's, that's two elaboration models of a single product or a single premise, mm-hmm. prevention or promotion. They seem to be quite, so, so, so you can, you know, even, even luxury goods, you can, you can be buying them for you'd think they would be sort of promotion focused they could be prevention focused actually mm. as well so i don't want to look like i'm not part of the group of which mm. i am described it could be like I, I want to look like i'm a i'm a cool dude they're quite interesting things to play with actually because that gives you quite that's that's quite a baby steps it gives quite an interesting sort of a b approach as well you're talking about the noise and, and copy yeah. and things like that because in terms of the noise there's 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 a lot of kind of sorting that can be done, um, <clears throat> reducing ambiguity, increasing proximal constructions, using some mm-hmm. some of those social constructs. Um, actually, there's a there's a uh, uh, bunch of other effects you could use, and those things are really quite interesting. But prevention of workers is is quite mm-hmm. an interesting quite an interesting angle, I think, and you can sort of see how that works too. So you do quite a lot of email campaigns and things to see which of those is working. So frame your frame your offer one way, frame your offer the other way. Yeah. A/B yeah. test. Yeah, yeah email is a great place to do that actually, yeah. especially yeah. if you if you haven't got the kind of the, the size to do it. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah, we've had some fun with emails yeah. over the years. Guys, I get the feeling that we could we could do this for a few more hours. Yeah, and Ollie, I would love to have you back on the mics. Also, I like this in person vibe. It yeah. changes it. It yeah, really nice. does. It's it's really fun. I'm watching like from the window outside. You can see lawyers running to the royal courts of justice in the rain. It's quite <laughs> funny watching people with with the kind of flappy flappy collars and the, the wigs and just just getting all drenched. <laughs> it's pretty. Nice. It is pretty miserable outside. Yeah. It's I want to make sure that we put a little bit of a bow on this for this first session. I love the way you call it a session earlier, by the way, this podcast. I was like, this is a session. Mm. Yeah, I enjoyed mm. that. Um, question to both of you. Um, what are the key takeaways that you think we've covered today that we want to make sure that the listeners that has landed with the listeners so they can take into their business? Yeah. For me, hearing it from you, Ollie, it's probably building up um, the kind of repository of tactics. And rather than thinking of anything as one quick fix, it's about how do you how do you use those tactics and thinking about which ones might be right for your business. Uh, and then once you've got all those in that place, look at where you're at and think, mm-hmm. could I frame this one way or another way mm-hmm. as well? So yeah, excuse work using those using all these tactics together yeah like that i love the just to build on that i mm. love the actually take what your offer is mm. and um there's lots of different lenses that you can look at that through yeah ollie what's the thing you want to leave the listeners with well i think i think that i think that if there was if there was one thing to do quickly the first thing to do actually because there are multiple layers i think i think an irrespective of black have money actually all the time a really good audit is to make sure that you're making everything as proximal as possible. Hear me now and clear. Mm. Make sure you're not describing things. Visualize how, not verbalize why. Mm. We're thinking it. We're feeling engines that think. We're not thinking engines that feel. Stop appealing to the thought. Start appealing to the feeling. Mm. Making it proximal and concrete and real. That will be the first sweep, and then layer on yeah, the other that. things that mm. we're talking about. I think that, that's that's generally where I start as well. I'm not. Yeah. That's that's. 
that's Doctor Heal Thyself. Right? That's what yeah. I do for myself. <laughs> that's from, what we do. From my point of view, from uh, coming from uh, advertising background, clarity is absolutely yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just 100% double check. Yeah. Does it say anywhere on this ad what this product actually no, is? The thing, you know, and, th- and things like, you know, suitable for any communication device. That's actually quite distal. Suitable, suitable for your phone, tablet, mm. right? Slightly overwritten. But all of those things mm. start to put an image in your head. That mm. makes it more proximal, yeah. clear, and concrete, and real. You see what I mean? That's just making everything as, as, as concrete and clear as possible yeah. is a really good underpin. By the way, I love the fact that our editor is going to drop me a note and say, Next time you call with Ollie, ask him not to bang on the table. But Ollie bangs on the table when there's a point to be made. <laughs> Ollie, if people want to carry on the conversation with you, where's the yeah. best place for them to go to? Well, come come see me at thehuntingdynasty.com or Dynasty. Is that where American <laughs> clients call it? The Hunting Dynasty. I think I called it that for a while as well. I, I learned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huntington, some, some people, but yeah, huntingdynasty.com. Come see us. There's plenty of ways of getting hold of us there. That would be the, 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 the way to begin the begin a conversation amazing ollie i know it's first of many thanks so much for being on the mics with us today pleasure as we wrap up today's episode i want to say thank you for tuning in and i truly hope you enjoyed it if you're new to the podcast don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you get notified the next time we drop an episode if there are any questions or follow-up topics you wish i got to with today's guest please email me it's adam at the growth foundation that's adam at the growth foundation because i've told all guests i might follow up for a quick five ten minute follow-up show in case there's anything our audience wanted us to get to anything that we've covered in today's show you can find as links in the show notes of the podcast as well as links to our partners bloomreach and verse and lastly if you haven't yet joined our newsletter make sure you do We've got something special planned for the end of season one where we're taking 10 listeners of this podcast out for dinner as a little thank you for being a subscriber. Stay well, speak soon. I'll catch you next time on The Right Way to Grow.